Amen. We're not even through yet. We're just getting started. Amen. Amen. You might think, well, I've already got everything I need. There's still more if you want it. Amen. There's still more. Amen. We're so glad you can be seated today. We're so glad to have the Van Devenders with us. They've uh, pastored 10 churches, so they know a thing or two about pastoring. <laughs> They've started uh, three. Three from, from scratch. Some of us can't even cook from scratch. They started three churches from scratch. And uh, we're so glad they're here. They're just going to come, Brother and Sister Van Devener, both, whatever they want. They're, uh, they're almost like parents in the gospel to us. Uh, we've been so close to them in the last few years. And uh, we love their children dearly. They're good friends of ours. And so uh, one of them pastors, as we pray for Mike and Heidi down in Grass Pants. I mean, Grants Pass down there, um, Southern Oregon. And uh, Josh and Jolene in Medford. But these are top-notch people. These are A-plus people. We get, we're privileged today to hear some, some great ministry. Amen? So if your heart isn't open yet, just try to open it up a little bit more and let God speak to us today. Because we want to mix the word with faith. It's not just for our neighbor. It's for us today. Amen? Brother Van Dievener, come take your liberty in Jesus' name. Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's give him a clap offering. He's worthy. Praise God. Lord, you're worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. King of kings, Lord of lords. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't you greet somebody next to you? It's good to have brother and sister Aldrich with us. Where are they at back there? Praise God. Dan, that's my son. Came all the way down from Washington to hear me, no, to see his mom and, and the grandkids there. Praise God. They're from Olympia, Washington. He's a UPC minister up there. Good to see you, Dan. Amen. He's my youngest child. He's our baby. He's 6'4", is that right, or 6'6", six, six or something like that? Yeah, 450 pounds, no? Hey Amen, why don't you come on up here and greet the congregation. This is Brother Brock's church, and, uh, well, God's church, but he's pastoring, and what does somebody say? It's living waters, huh? Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap off him for what he's done here in Beaverton, praise God. It's good to see all of you. And uh, Dan's helping out in a small church up there that got started about five years ago too, right? Six years ago? This, about how long this church is over here? Four or five years? Amen. Look what the Lord's done. Isn't that wonderful? God bless. Praise the Lord, church. The fun thing about being a son of a minister is you're always put on the spot. <laughs> um, I, I, your pastor greeted me earlier, and, and I just told him, this is awesome. You know, there's, there's one thing that I will never allow. I will never allow somebody to be to label me as sick of the palsy. Sick of the palsy was something where you are paralyzed. And a lot of times in our churches, we see people that are sick of the palsy. You understand what I'm saying? They can't worship and they can't lift their hands. But the Bible says that if I don't cry out, a rock will cry out in my place. I will not allow a rock to cry out in my place. I want to worship God with everything inside of me. I want to shout for the victory, for He has done it. Amen. I love God, and you guys are awesome in this place. Let's give God another hand clap of praise. Amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. It's good to be here again. Man, we're going to go into the word of the Lord here in just a moment. But uh, I know whenever I was going to listen to a speaker, I wanted to know a little bit about them. And, and so uh, we'll share a little bit of personal information. We've been married for 40 years this year. So we're excited about that. We have four, four children, two boys and two girls, and now we have ten grandchildren, five boys and five girls. That's the truth. Somebody said, how did you do that? And I said, I just put my order in early. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's good to know that they're all serving the Lord, too, it's some, and all four of the kids are in the ministry somehow, so I'm glad that our children are serving the Lord. Amen. I went to uh, Bible College, a Conqueror's Bible College in 1970, 
six, and that's where I met uh, brother and sister Brock's or brother Brock's father, and went to Bible school with him thirty-seven years ago. That's a long time, huh? Amen. Was a good man. He taught me a little bit of how to play the guitar. Amen. And uh, so when I came to Oregon five years ago, and I heard that. Uh, Brother Dallas Brock was in the ministry and everything. I thought, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. So we got together, and I'd be honored to count them as my spiritual son and daughter. Roxanne's awesome, too, isn't she? Amen. And uh, I want you to know that both of them are well thought of throughout the district and looked up to. So you have a wonderful pastor, and thank you for the invite to preach here. Amen. And, and I do count it a privilege to minister to you. Amen. And uh, my wife, I guess, is out with the kids, huh? Is she out there? Oh, is she already? Where did your kids go? Oh, wow, that's awesome. I was thinking, wow, where did she go? That's awesome. Hey, Amen. So uh, the Lord allowed us to go back to school and get some education after Bible college because the Bible college we were at was not accredited. And we were seeking some professional employment because I've been bivocational all of my life, meaning working and pastoring as your pastor's doing. Amen. And so my wife and I in nine, uh, 2005 decided to go back to college for some education, something like that education. We graduated two years after that with a master's degree in management business. And then my wife says, I like this going to school thing at what, 40 or 50 years old we were. So she went back and got her MBA on top of that. So she's got two masters. So watch out. She's a pretty smart girl. Amen. Sister Van Dievender, come on up. As she's preparing to sing, amen. Uh, she cut an album a few years ago, so she's a pretty good singer. Amen. I'd like to, can you reflect a scripture up there or do we have to look it up ourselves? How about John fifteen sixteen? And uh, it says there, how many of you have ever accepted the Lord into your heart? Amen. Right? And there's a thousand throughout the United States right now on Sunday accepting the Lord as his, their personal Savior, right? But this scripture tells me that he chose us way before we chose him. Amen. I've told my congregations before that if you were the last person on the face of the earth, you've got to realize that Christ would have died for you. I believe you would have, Dallas. I really do, if I was the only one. And, and then that made it really special to me. It's okay if you died for all you, but for me, for my sins, yeah. Fifteen sixteen says, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And I've ordained every one of you. That you should go out and preach the gospel, right? Amen. You've not chosen me, but I've ordained you that what? Hey, what's that thing on the screen? Oh, that's sun. Sun in Portland, Oregon. Awesome. That's a miracle on the screen. Go and bring forth fruit that your fruit should what? Remain. And that whatsoever you shall what? Ask of my Father. Amen. He may give it unto you. Isn't that wonderful? What an opportunity to serve him. Why? Because he chose me. He chose me. Praise God. I was a poor boy from Indiana, and I joined the Marine Corps and flew out to San Diego to go to the Marine Corps. And I had a chance to go to the ocean, and I picked up some sand. That was the first time I had ever, had ever seen the ocean. That was huge. I mean, it was just, from, what's that big word? From phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I did graduate from high school. But I, after the sand went through my hand, I realized that I could see one grain of sand. Isn't that wonderful? And as I was looking at that one grain of sand and all those grains of sand around me, the Lord spoke to my heart on that beach. And he says, you are that grain. Amen. He's called you to be here today. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Because he told Abraham, I'm going to multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and what? Sand of the seashore. Praise God. Thank God we're grafted in. Praise God. Children of the Lamb. Praise the Lord. You've got to realize how important you are today because he loves you. Sister Van Dievender, God bless. Did that work? Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord, everyone. 
I'll turn this on and then I'll get it going, I guess, here. Um, I'm going to sing first. I've got a couple of songs, but we'll see how he, how it goes. Um, this first song I really, really like, and you probably sing it as a congregation. But the song says, how can I keep from singing your praise? Has he not done enough for us? Isn't God awesome? He literally has picked us up when we're down. You know, and I was raised in a pastor's home. So I was telling some people yesterday at that conference, I said, you know, the Spirit of the Lord draws a person. That's the only way he can come to God. I don't care that I was raised in a pastor's home. If God hadn't drawn my heart, I would have been out there lost. And I'm so thankful that God saw, you know, gave me the privilege to have the Holy Ghost living inside of me. And I'm so blessed. I really am blessed. So we'll sing this. If you know it, please sing it with me. It's called, How Can You Keep From Singing? That's the old-fashioned way. <laughs> it's the green mic, Brother Manny. There is an endless song Echoes in my soul I hear the music ring And though the storms may come I am holding on To the rock I cling So how can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King And it makes my heart want to sing Aren't you thankful for that? A new song I will lift mine eyes in the darkest night For I know my Savior lives And I will walk with you Knowing you'll see me through And sing the songs you give So how can I keep from singing your praise How can I ever say enough How amazing is your love How can I keep from shouting your name I know I am loved by the King And it makes my heart Now sing this with me Okay, if you know it I can sing in troubled times, sing when I win. I can sing when I lose my step and I fall down again. I can sing because you pick me up, sing because you're there. I can sing because you hear me, Lord. When I call your name in prayer I can sing with my last breath Sing for I know That I'll sing with the angels And the saints around the throne So how can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say no? How amazing is your love How can I keep from shouting your name I know I am loved by the King And it makes my heart want to sing 
I'm loved by the king And it makes my heart Wanna sing Are you loved by the king today? Hallelujah he awesome? He is such an awesome God I'm so thankful for him Woo! Praise, Praise the God. Lord Amen, amen, amen. I'd like to focus your attention on the word of the Lord. If we could go to Amos, the 8th chapter. How many people have your Bible? Raise your hand. Mike's got his Bible there. All right. It's good to see Mike. Amen. And a lot of you do too. So Amos, the 8th chapter. And that's going to be verse number 11. If you'd like to read it with me. Amos, the 8th chapter, verse number 11. Behold, I didn't hear nobody say behold with me. Oh, you didn't know I was going to start, huh? Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, not a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Amen. There's a lot of people golfing today. They're not hearing the word of the Lord, are they? Amen. We went to a restaurant this morning, had to wait for about a 45-minute wait. Do you guys always wait that long to eat up here? Wow. Amen. But they weren't in church. Uh Uh-oh. There's a famine in this world, in the United States, of the word of the Lord. And then let me narrow down a little bit more, the true word of the Lord. A lot of things went over the pulpits today, but the true word of the Lord. Shake somebody's hand and you may be seated. Hey man, once again, you're going to get to know your neighbors around here, huh? Wave across the congregation, the sound guy back there. Look at him, he's waving, yay! Hey Amen. It's going to be a famine. I'd like to kind of minister just for a few minutes today. You guys like short preachers? Boy, nobody's saying anything, huh? I'm 6'3", so if you like short preachers, I'm not one of them, all right? Praise God. But I won't take much of your time. I'd like to entitle this sermon, He Chose You. Everybody say, He Chose You. Turn to your neighbor. Point at him. This is one time you can point. He chose you. Now point at yourself. He chose me. He chose you, buddy. Amen. I was talking, we were talking about age down there at the conference that we were at this weekend, and uh, Brother Bragg, he's a pretty funny guy, he was saying that uh, he overheard somebody say one time that, that he always looked in the mirror and seen an old guy chasing him. And that old guy in that mirror was chasing him every time he looked in there, and he says, one of these days I'm going to catch you. And the other morning he got up and he says, I've caught you. Amen. Sometimes we get older and we don't think, you know, that we're that old. Brother Surstad, some of you might know him. He was my instructor in Bible college, and and uh, he's up there. But, man, he's still, he says, I'm a young guy inside. I still want to preach. I still want to go. I still want to do. Amen. Do I have an amen back there, brother? All right. Amen. And uh, we used to, we were executive directors at a couple of retirement communities, and a lot of those older people in their 80s or 90s, it was funny. We'd be given a tour, Brother Brock, through our facility talking about it and the, the things that they could enjoy and everything. And, and this 87-year-old woman turned to my wife one time. She goes, this is for old people. <laughs> but she had a point. We had the 93-year-old that was still skiing down Mount Baker up there by Bellingham. Wow. Yeah. So I'd like to draw your attention to Second uh, Kings uh, 7th chapter, verse number 1. And you've probably heard this passage of Scripture before, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to show you something in it. Then Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shackle, two measures of barley for a shackle, in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord, notice that's a little L on there, a lord or an advisor on whose hand the king leaned answered a man of God and said, <laughs> Man, Brother Brock, you're crazy. That's what he was telling the man of God. You don't know what you're talking about. You need to be really careful how critical you are of your pastor. Wow. Where'd that come from? Come on, you're just here one time. Tell us good things, huh? I am. 
Because God, God's looking down. You know, we get, can't forget that little song we learned when we were kids. Be careful a little. Be careful a little. Here's what you hear. For the. He's looking down above. I mean, down below, isn't he? Looking at us and seeing what we're saying and how respectful we are. But this guy was really disrespect, disrespectful to Elijah. He said, For a shackle in the gate of Samaria, then the Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, huh, he was joking around and, and being sarcastic. If the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And a preacher looked at him and he says, Guess what? You're going to see it, but you're not going to partake of it because of your attitude. Wow. I don't want to live for the Lord 40-some years and lose out with him because of my attitude. Amen. And you say, you can't do that, or preacher can't. I've seen older ministers that pastored for years, and I've told my wife, why do they want to throw away all those years of ministry and end life with a bad attitude? Amen. You live for God for how long? And even if you're just beginning a bad attitude, man, you know, I preached a sermon one time to my church, says your attitude will determine your destiny. Amen. Isn't it true? Praise God. And he says, and he said, behold, thou shalt see it with your eyes, but shall not eat thereof. Sister Van Dievener, let's sing. You're going to see it, but you're not going to enjoy it. I kind of feel sorry for Moses because God took him up and showed him promised land. And he said, because you didn't listen to me, because you disobeyed me, you're going to see it. But you're not going to take advantage of it. Amen. We don't understand God sometimes, you know, because you think about Moses delivering millions of people out of Egypt, preaching and teaching about the promised land, going into a land that was flowing with milk and honey. You know what God's number one request was to the Israelites? We can probably still learn from it today. When you've got it made in life, hear me, Israel, when you go over there and you're living in houses you didn't build, you're eating from vineyards you didn't plant, God's one request was, don't forget me. Amen. When you've entered into your Canaan, don't forget me. God doesn't want to be forgotten. Let's sing. This song is New Mercy. Amen. Reminds me of a little baby being held by mom and rocking. And I think that's what the Lord does. He just takes us in his arms and holds us sometimes. Aren't you glad to be serving him? Praise God. It's coming. This song is called New Mercy. The line. I walked away from love one time. Too many. I thought I'd used up all the grace. Set aside for my mistakes. my knees I found to my surprise that That your mercy renews with the sunrise and you make your mercy new every day Changed my life in so many ways. Great on me in your sweet grace. You feel me, yes. Yesterday, today, forever and more. There's one thing I know for sure. Fresh as the morning dew, you make your mercy new. Every morning, 
of his name. Thank you, Jesus, for being faithful. To save the entire world, how much grace would it take when the sun comes up? There will be enough. Every day, you change my life in so many ways. You cradle me in your sweet grace. You fill me. Yes. Think about it. Yesterday, today, forever, and more. There's one thing I know for sure. Fresh as the morning dew, you make your mercy new. Every morning. Yes, thank you, Lord. Can we worship him? Thank him for his faithfulness. He loved us when we were unlovable. Praise God. Every morning. Amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. How hungry have you ever been? Mike, how hungry have you ever been? You lived in the storm drains underneath the bridge? Would you eat out of a garbage can? Yeah. Any of you here? Would you eat out of a garbage can? Wow, he's thinking up here. I don't know, man. Had had it. Been there, done that? Amen. My my friend bought a dog. And uh, the dog food started going way up, and it really got expensive for him. So he came to me and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I bought this dog, but I really can't afford to feed him. I said, feed him grass. He said, my dog won't eat grass. I said, neither did mine for the first 30 days. (laughs) That's bad, huh? Praise God. Figure I had to lighten up the load here, huh? Amen. When I was in the Marine Corps, we did uh, our winter survival. We went up to uh, Sierra Nevadas, and we repelled off mountains and across valleys. And they sent us out into the field for two weeks with three meals. Yeah, you know, sea rations, three meals. They said, we'll see you in two weeks. We'll pick you up here. You're still alive. Amen. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, kind of split up in platoons and, and different companies and, and uh, just tried to survive on whatever we could. You know, I had a safety pin that I found, and I bent it over and caught a trout or two with that, just little ones. Everybody's fighting over a six-inch trout. Amen. People were eating worms. People were eating birds, trying to catch the birds and hitting them out with rocks. Yeah. You don't know what you would do, huh? 
These guys in Samaria were starving. I'll tell you how bad it was if you look at the chapter before the one we just read into. It says, uh, 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, verse number tw- 28. And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him. It's worse than a trash can, isn't it? Yeah. There's a little baby around here. I could hold him in my arms. Any of you going to eat him? Oh, no, we'd never do that. Wow, it's sober in here now, isn't it? Sometimes I ask myself, if the Bible was rated, what would it be rated? As a movie is, huh? And this woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son. I'm talking about a famine, friend. I'm talking about a city that's starving. They're devouring one another. Their own flesh. Wow. Things are bad. Amen. So when you think you've got it bad in life, thank God for the beans. Thank God for the bread. Amen. There's a reason to pray over your meal. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And she had hid her son. Oh, my Lord. And the king of the Samaria just rent his garment when he heard that and said, Oh, my God, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what, there's a desperate world out here that needs God. Amen. They're devouring each other in the city out here. Come on. There's a famine in the land. And Jesus is saying, come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. We came here today, we're feasting on the word of the Lord. Amen, we're like those little birds in the nest, feed me mama, feed me. Amen, and God's saying, okay, I'm going to feed you. There's none of us here that are really starving. Amen, but let's look in the spiritual picture. Praise God. I hope there's nobody here starving for a spiritual blessing, because we sung some wonderful songs that allowed you to connect with God. We heard at the outreach meeting, this conference that we went to, our main purpose as pastors is to provide an atmosphere of praise. It's provide a place that people can come and lift up the Lord. Praise God. Lift up their hands and their voice in adoration of God. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. We have a place. We we can come and be fed. The Word of God. Amen. The world's not like that. They're devouring one another with hatred and envy and strife. But I'm here to show him a better way. I'm here to bring him into the house of the Lord. Well, the king called Elisha and said, what are we going to do? And Elisha had a word from the Lord. He said, tomorrow about this time. That's the scripture that we read already. It's going to be plentiful. Praise God. I'm going to prophesy that there's going to be bread aplenty and soup. And everybody's going to be fed tomorrow. Negative person said, oh, you can't build a church. Brother Brock. But God says there's going to be plenty. Praise God. So you always have those negative people out there. But on the outside of the city of Samaria, there were four lepers. Verse number 3 up there. 2 Kings 7, chapter verse number 3. 2 Kings 7, 3. And there were four lepers, men and the entering of the gate. They said one to another, why sit we here until we die? Amen. So let's get this picture in our mind here. Mo, Larry, and Curly, and Hank. How's that? Let's name them. I know you guys wanted Elijah or Jeremiah or Zachariah, some, you know, biblical name, but Mo, Larry, and Kirk, and Hank, just, just for our purpose, right? They're outside the gate of Samaria, sitting down, talking to themselves, or talking to each other. And they said, why are we going to sit here until we die? Doesn't make sense. Does it? Praise God. I'm telling you that, what did that first scripture we read, John 15, 16 says? I've, I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. I've known people that have been in church all their life and never won a soul. God's got something to say about that. He came by a tree one time desiring fruit from that tree and it didn't have it. He cursed it. They came by the next day. The disciple says, oh, they marveled at how the tree had withered so fast. 
Amen. God says, I'm going to give people talents. And when the steward, uh, the king of the house comes back, he's going to require some of you. One, one of the people said, I went and hid my talent. I hope I'm not going too fast for anybody. And he says, you wicked servant. You knew all these things about me. Why didn't you go out and multiply what I've given you? I'm telling you, friend, if you're sitting here and you never win a soul, or you don't care about winning a soul, you're in danger of hearing about the Canaan land but not going into it. Come on, praise God. Well, these, three, these four lepers, Mulder and Curry and Hank, they said, what are we going to do? And one started saying, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here. Well, we don't want to go in the city. I heard the other day that Mary ate Helen's baby. Come on. And then Helen wouldn't give her baby up. Oh, my Lord, I'm not going to that city. They'll eat me. See, they were put outside the gate because they were corrupted. But they have brains too. Amen. I might be lepers, but I'm not stupid. Somebody says you can't fix stupid? Huh? These guys did. No. They said among they started talking among themselves, and that's kind of what we're doing here. We're talking among ourselves. Amen. That's what we do at conferences, talk among ourselves. And said, you know what? We're going to do something about this. Read on. What does it say? What? Oh, that's 15, 16 again. So John 3 says, And there were four lepers men entering into the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. But if we sit still here, guess what? Dude. How many options do you have? Sleep under the bridge? don't sleep at all right so what was I sent here to do to you to maybe shake you a little bit inspire you a little bit say get up today's a day of famine for the world God wants to use you he'll use anybody I'll tell you right now, we're those lepers that are outside the city I don't know where God picked you up but most of us weren't presidents or mayors or governors. God just picked us up. A lot of our families thought that we were diseased. You know, back then a leper, if they did go into the city, they had to hold their coat over their head and say, uh, unclean, unclean. That's how they had to walk through the city. Yeah. Kind of, I don't know about you, but I kind of that outcast. Amen. I came from a family of, of, uh, Seven brothers and sisters. We had mom and dad, so nine of us. My dad never made over $10 an hour. And when we were getting ready for school, my mom would bite a toaster, throwing toast in there one after another. She made a whole loaf of bread, put it on the table with ketchup. That's it. Toast and ketchup. I hate it today. Toast and ketchup. Wow. My dog wouldn't eat it for the first 30 days either. <laughs> Praise God. If we say we will enter into the city, the famine is in the city and we will die there. If we say we will die, now therefore come, let us fall into the hosts of the Syrians. If they save us alive, well, we shall live. But if they kill us, we're going to die anyways. So what I want to point out is that they're thinking about their future. They're thinking about what they should do. Amen. And that's what my job is today, is trying to is get, get us up off of our pews and our seat of comfort and say, I want to win a soul. I want to take somebody to heaven with me. I want somebody to come to God's table and dine with me. They don't need to start. I've got a brother or sister or friend or co-worker that needs what I'm having right here. We're going to go away from here feeling pretty full as far as God is concerned. And then we're going to go out there at a restaurant and sit by somebody or go home that that still starving. You understand what I mean? But at least these four lepers did something. Amen. They got up. And I'm showing you here that when you get up and you realize our predicament that I haven't won a soul, I don't want to meet God and say, and he said, what did he do? What did you do with the talent I gave you? Oh, well, I saved myself. 
Oh, my Lord. You've had the Holy Ghost for how long? You know me for how long? Amen. I'm saying, let's get up and do something. Lest we die. Amen. So they did. And so God directed them to the enemy. Go out there to the world. Go out there to the devil. Come on, he's the enemy out there, isn't he? Amen. And when they got over there, what happened? I'll tell you what, this happens all the time when people realize their need of God and God does something. Amen. I don't have time to go into when Jonathan, some of you will know the Bible well enough, where Jonathan was tired of hiding because the Israelites were all in the holes and the Philistines were around him. And Jonathan took his armor bearer and says, you know, my God, I'm going to do something here. And they attacked the hill and just him and his armor bearer slew all these Philistines. Amen. It woke everybody up in Saul's camp and said, what's going on? And the Bible says that God sent an earthquake and made the earth. Because God gets his attention is gotten when somebody does something. God's looking down. So these lepers started walking toward there. And what did God do? And there arose in the twilight going to the camp of Syrians. And when they were into the othermost part of the camp, verse number five, Syrians, behold, there was no man there. Wow, Mike. You ever heard this story before? Oh. I thought I was going to be the first one to show it to you. (laughs) Verse number six. For the Lord had made the hosts of Syrians. Look what the Lord did. He comes through for us all time, doesn't he? For the Lord had made the hosts of the Lord bless their footsteps. I went to Israel in the year of 2000. I went over there and looked at the river of Jordan where Jesus was baptized and John the baptized people and I went out in a a replica of a boat out into the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is seven miles long, 13 miles wide. Storms come real quick on the Sea of Galilee. You'll find that in the Bible there. While we were out in the Sea of Galilee, I went with my brother who pastors back in Iowa. And I said, hey, Paul, I'm going to walk on water. So I started getting over the boat. He grabbed me and said, you fool. That's how older brothers are. They're always making fun of us younger guys, right? No. One thing I found out over in Israel that a lot of it is desert, rocky desert. I don't have time to go into it, but if you read your Bible real close, you'll find out that the Israelites had this weird relationship with rocks. Every time they didn't like what they were hearing, they were picking up rocks and stoning people. You think about it. Moses and Aaron, they were going to stone them. You know, the woman caught in adultery, going to stone him. They were going to stone Jesus at one time. Weird. There's a lot of rocks over there, though. I can see why, you know, anything that's handy. Anyways, I was walking on the Sea of Galilee shoreline, not the sea itself, just the shoreline, and all this sand, and I noticed something there, brother. I couldn't hear myself walk. I, you cannot hear yourself walking on sand. Did you know that? These guys are walking across the desert, sand, but the Lord made the Syrians hear. Ah, noise of an army coming. Matter of fact, you'll read it there. We'll read it real quick. The Syrians thought, oh no, someone had escaped the city and they hired the Hittites and the Amorites and the Gitzites and whatever. I'm making things up now. The king of Israel hired against the king of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians that come upon us. Oh, no. Amen. What can God do with four lepers who are about ready to die? What can he do with a few people on a bench, on a pew? Could he multiply our steps in the gates of the enemy out there? Could he go before us and make a way where there seems to be no way? Amen. Often my prayer when I was a home missionary is God lead me to people who are hungry. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. Amen. So I need you to send them to me. Multiply my steps. Amen. Drive away my enemy out of the way. Amen. Verse number seven. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses, their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. Wow, how'd you like to have been at a Syrian camp when the Lord made a sound come through? And you hear these chariots and these horses, and you talk about spooky ghosts, huh? Amen. All the people heard it so much that it affected them, Dallas. 
that they didn't even worry about their dinner on the plate. They didn't worry about those Babylonian garments that are expensive in their tents. They just fled for their lives. He's the same God today. He's no respecter of persons. God can perform a miracle. Praise God. All we've got to do is get up. Get up. There was an uncertain future, Mike, out there. They didn't know. The Syrians, I mean, the, the, the lepers were saying the Syrians, well, they, they could take us alive and maybe feed us bread and water, but that's more than what we have now. That's better than devouring our own flesh, our babies, huh? But they, they could kill us. Yeah, they could do that. Hey, man, what are you doing, Brother Vendor? I'm trying to tell you that all God needs is a vessel to be stirred enough to say, I'm going to start walking toward enemy, and I'm just going to trust God that he's going to go before me, and he's going to, he's going to remove obstacles. <laughs> Praise God in my life. Some of you came here facing obstacles. You can say to that man, cast into the sea. Look what he did with David and Goliath. You come to me with these staves and all these spears and everything, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? We've got the name of the Lord. Amen. Verse number eight. And when the lepers came to the other part of the camp, they went into one tent, did eat and drink, and they carried. As we're reading this, I want you to picture yourself as one of these lepers. You haven't ate for a long time. You're almost that that grass is looking good to you. Come on. Eating flesh, eating somebody else is looking good to you. I seen a documentary one time where an airplane landed in the Alps and they, they did eat some of the dead passengers. Anybody know that? Yeah. Well, if you were one of these lepers and you came and you smelled that meat on the fire. Wow. And you smelled the Brussels sprout. No, um, broccoli. No. Peas. <laughs> And when these lepers came to the other part of the camp, they went into one tent, did eat and drink, and carried thence silver and gold. And Raymond went and hid it, came again, entered into another tent, carried it thence, and went and hid it. Don't be so critical on them. You and I would be the same way. Amen. Do you guys have those smorgasbord things up here? Anybody know what smorgasbords are? What are they called down there in Medford? Um, buffets. Yeah, do you have any of those? How many people ever went to a buffet? Okay, there we go. I like the honesty in this place. By this time, most of the time when I, when I preach, congregation is not trusting. They're like, you know. Amen. I think it's pretty cool in those places because I've always heard that Americans were artistic. And when I went to a smorgasbord or a buffet, I find out how artistic they are. Because they'll get a plate... They'll pile that baby up there, man. I've seen people, Dallas, walk back to their chair like this. <laughs> I want to tap him on the shoulder and say, you can't go back. It's okay to go back. So these lepers were going from one tent to another. Wow, 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 wow. And they were eating probably two hands at one time. I would be. Amen. We got a five-year-old grandson. Man, when he goes to town, he goes to town. He's got food in both hands. Shoving it in. It's going everywhere. That's how these guys went. And, you know, Mulder and Curly went one way, and Hank went another way. And then they all came back together. Whew. Whew. It's like us when we get done with the buffet. <laughs> Come on, I'm preaching close to home yet. Woo! Plop, plop. Fizz, fizz. Where's the Alka-Seltzer? Pepto-Bismol. Wow, we do that to our bodies, don't we? Our stomachs get mad at us, say, why did you do this again? I'll show you. Amen. Whew. They all got together, brothers and sisters, and they looked at one another. Finally, Hank said to um, Moller and Curly, we do not well. 
And Mo looks over at Hank and says, you're crazy. I've got more wealth. I've hid silver and gold. They left it back for us. And I don't see them anywhere. I'm fuller than I've been for a month. And I've got clean raiment on. Not those old tattered garments like the lepers had on. Woo! We're better off than we've ever been. And some of you today are. I don't know about you, Dallas, but I know I wouldn't have a suit on if I'd been left to my own devices in the world. I don't know about you, Mike, but I'd probably be under that bridge, too. Huh? Now you got a suit on? Look at that guy. You'd never think that he even had a hard day in his life, huh? Wow, why? Because you're the king's child now, huh? We're all in the king's house. Cool. Yeah. Kind of got it made. We drove here in vehicles, right? None of you rode the bus or hitchhiked, right? Wow, we got it made. If we just sit tight, we got it made. But Curly says, we're not doing well. Hank's right, Mo. We're not doing well. This day is a day of good tidings. Amen. February 21st, 2016. It's a good day. We're in the house of God. Our bodies are healed. We're full with the Holy Ghost. We have a family of God. We're brothers and sisters. We're on our way to heaven. If the Lord decided to come tonight, I'm going to see you over there, ain't I? We're going to walk on streets of gold. We've got a mansion. Amen. You all see that Daniel back there? Everybody look at Daniel back there. Yeah. Daniel says, okay, Dad, keep it quiet. When he was about 10 years old, we were on the way to church. I'm not even sure if he remembers this or not. But he said, Dad, you preach that God's going away to make us a, a mansion. I said, yeah, I believe he starts on it the day you pray through. You've got a mansion over there with your name on it. A residence. This is Mike. This is where Mike's going to live. Yeah, isn't that cool? Woo! We went down to Medford five years ago, and they had just got done building a brand-new library downtown, $4.2 million. I went to the library, and I said, hey, I'm here. I want to start a church. We don't have anybody but my wife and I, and we found this uh, one guy and his sister that wanted a Pentecostal church in town, and they promised to be there. And I needed on Sunday morning, and uh, what would you charge me? For $4.2 million brand new construction. This lady brought me the keys. Says, you're a non-profit, aren't you? Put out your hand, come on, don't be ashamed. Drop the keys in there. Says it's free. How long is it free for? You can have it a year if you want it. Whoa, and that's two Sunday schools outside. All God needs is somebody to get up. Amen. Now there's a congregation down there worshiping the Lord. Amen. 70, 80 people meeting every Sunday worshiping the Lord. Reaching out to the homeless. Amen. So look at this. They said one to another, we do not well. No, Frank Van Diemen, get off there. But I have chosen you and I've... No, no, we need that one that was just up there. I was going to ask Brock to give you a raise until that happened. Verse number 9, they said one to another, we do not well. This day is the day of good tidings, and we, what? How many people are we talking to? Shame on us. We're not telling everybody that we see. Guess what? I've got a mansion. You want a mansion? Wow, you're going to get their attention when you say that, huh? You don't want to go hungry no more? Amen. You want God to take care of you and give you peace? Amen. You want God to heal your body? Amen. Wow, I tell you what, we got everything to offer them. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. We've got the whole buffet. You'll never thirst again, drink of this water. You'll never be hungry again. Then they started thinking. Remember I told you they weren't dumb? They started thinking, the same God that drove away the enemy can bring him back. 
Whoa, that puts a different spin on it. Here we go, another choice. Do we share our newfound wealth? Yes, we do. Why? Because we've got friends, relatives, co-workers back there starving. People in the world that's devouring one another. Hatred. Cussing at one another. I know people who need what I have. And I would not be a very wise person if I just sat down here and said, oh, take my ease in Zion. No. No, this day is a day of good tidings. And if we hold our peace, some evil will come upon us. Amen. I'm going to go back to the city. And I'm going to tell somebody. Can we get that song ready, Brother Dallas? Can you help her out? One more song, Paul and Silas. Amen. Paul and Silas found themselves in unfortunate situations. Amen. One time I found myself in an unfortunate situation. Yeah, I had a bright idea that I was going to not have communion on uh, New Year's Eve. But I was going to have a party. I was going to invite my whole church. And we were running about 100 at that time back in Indiana. I'm going to invite whosoever will. Instead of communion and foot washing, we're going to have a party at the pastor's house. And I had this big house on the edge of town on five acres. While we were partying on New Year's night, Brother Dallas, there were a lot of young people in our church, young men that have a father figure and never shot a gun before. And I know that on New Year's night, everybody shoots guns. Well, at least in Indiana, in the country. Yeah. So I took him to the back of my property. That There was a thousand acres of farmland behind me, no danger. And I'm having them shoot off to shotgun. Oh, that's cool, Pastor. Wow. 12-gauge going off. It was all right until the police department raided my house. Came around the corner with their weapons drawn on me. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Daniel knows. They said, who's owner of this house? I'm looking around. Nobody's going to volunteer, so that'd be me, sir. Dallas, you haven't had fun until you've been arrested in front of your congregation. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. They handcuffed me, held my head as I went into the car. See, I know I've been there, Mike. And then, I, then it was midnight. It struck midnight. I heard Uzis going off, machine gun. Da, 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 da. Yeah, we lived right outside Chicago. You'll understand that. Gary, Indiana. Yeah, they go on martial law a couple times a year. <clears throat> yeah, grenades going off. Oh, no, they're going to arrest a pastor. <laughs> so I go down to the police station, and they're booking me. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the chief of police comes in, and he looks at me, recognizes I'm the pastor that's prayed the prayer breakfast over the mayor, prayed around the holiday tree that they had, was a guest to the mayor, best friends with her, and the chief of police. And he goes, what? he looks at the, the rookies that brought me in. He said, what is a pastor doing here? Well, he was shooting a gun out there right before New Year's night. And they went, oh. He said, and there were a couple new cops on the force that I didn't know, and they didn't know me. They said, get him home. <laughs> Crazy, hiring a, arresting the pastor. The next day, the mayor gives me a call and says, hey, Pastor Frank, how you doing? I said, I'm doing fine. Just a little bit embarrassed. I don't know who's going to show up for church Sunday, but I'm okay. Who wants a pastor or a jailbird? Well, stay away from Apostle Paul then. He was there more than I was. Praise God. 
And she said, Pastor, I'll make sure it doesn't hit the newspaper. Thank God. I told you he goes before us when we do stupid things. Next year, communion and foot washing at the church. Paul and Silas say we're in prison. Amen. All joking aside, let's all stand for a moment. Amen. I want to just tell you this before we leave. Today is a day of good tidings. God's been good to us. Beautiful tie you got on there, huh? Amen. Yeah. Doesn't she look bright and beautiful right here? Yes, she that does. orange. I love that. It's awesome. Amen. That's God. That's right. What would you look like? Never mind. I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm talking about without God. What would we look like? I'm glad he called me out of a world of darkness into his marvelous light. Turned in my old tattered garment for a robe of pure white. Yes. Praise God. I'm on my way to heaven. I want you to go there through. Be encouraged at this last song as I turn it over back over to your pastor. These two were in jail. This is how you're going to make it to heaven. You want me to tell you how to make it to heaven? When you can sing in your trials. Because then you've got to focus on Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and play that. Praise God. Think about it in prison. The prisons back then weren't like the prisons today. Amen. They were dark and dingy, cold, rats in them. That's where leading in the darkness, Paul and Silas. Cell was cold and black. Silas. Driven to unconsciousness by the stripes upon his back. That's our forefathers right there. He heard a voice call out his name. His mind began to clear. And in the darkness, he replied, Silas, Silas, I am here. Are you here? Oh, my brother, Silas. Silas, I thought we were gone. All uttered with a groan. They're bleeding from their back. Today, I thought for sure. We were going home And when I opened up my eyes I'd look upon his face I want to go home Here we are together Here we are together In this dreadful place But I will praise the Lord There's a key, friend I will praise the When you can praise Him in your darkest hour. No matter what tomorrow brings or what, what it has in store, I know I God, you can depend on me. I'm going to I will praise the Lord. Can you sing it with us, church? Make a commitment. I will praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings or what it has in store. This may be a prison. These may be chains Still I'm free Free to praise His name In tribulation Yes My heart still sings Sing it He is Messiah Started waking Prisoner up. started waking up everywhere. We started singing. Some man started, started swearing. swearing.
Jesus. What it has in store, I know I. God, put your foot. Just continue this for a short time more. We're going to dismiss and eat here in just a few minutes.